Welcome to the Alchemy of Transformation podcast. I'm Anouk, a transformational coach, multidisciplinary artist, speaker, and teacher. And I'm Elijah, a multidimensional coach, a transformational artist, speaker, and teacher. We are two source workers deeply connected with our cosmic origins. We are all about incarnating our higher purpose into our lives and helping others do the same. In our discussions, we will share our favorite pieces of wisdom and tools that we personally use to stay aligned and get the best out of ourselves. We hope that you are as excited as we are to deeply explore the mysteries of the multiverse. Are you ready? Let's dive. Hello, beautiful listeners, and welcome back. Hi, Anouk. Hi, Elijah. I am uh, quite happy to be here in this beautiful conversation again. Mm-hmm. And what is the conversation today? We called it the round table, but maybe um, if you feel inspired, you could put a little bit of context around what does the round table mean for us. Bum, bum, bum. What is the round table? Once upon a time came the need for different folks to come together and sit in a circle of sharing and harmony creating a unity of mind, heart, and soul. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, they needed to put their teacups down, so there was a table in front of them. <laughs> and so the round table mm-hmm. is this. Coffee. Coffee is very important, so yes. this is why we have a table. <laughs> yes, the hot beverage support <laughs> while you connect with parts that you need to connect with that might not be that easy. Therefore, you need to communicate and talk and share over a little bit of time with purpose and intention. So the roundtable, we're we're being really silly right now, but the roundtable is this concept that is kind of an internal process where there are different aspects. So I'll, I'll speak for myself. The roundtable is a tool that we use as an individual. So I'll speak as an individual. I use the roundtable when there's different aspects of me that I can tell are having, I'm, I'm in conflict within myself. I want to become something, but I'm scared of something or I, I have different. And, and that, that's essentially what we're going to talk about. There's so many different ways we can apply the roundtable. But the idea of the roundtable is it's this inner place, inner process where we bring together fragments that need to be brought together in an intention of harmony. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, Um I think that like the premise of it is acknowledging that we are multidimensional beings. Um, This podcast is not only but about multidimensionality. So if we are multidimensional, we we have multiple parts. Um, So I think that first of all is acknowledging that um, we operate at different level of consciousness and that it gives life to different entities or p- parts of ourselves. 
um, and that there is a need to acknowledge all of them and, as you said, to harmonize all of them. Um, so the round table and the way you explained it come when there is there is a need to find harmony and find fluidity between those different parts of us. Yeah. Yeah. And like right away, um I I I I I love how you just deepened it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um you know, bringing the multidimensionality of it that we are multidimensional and and what does that mean? There's different maps we've talked about a little bit, but that that sense that in the context that you and I share this conversation, there's this understanding that there is this one consciousness that we refer to as whatever we refer to, God, source, universe. And that I am as a being, a piece of it, a fragment of it. And on the the path between the individual that I am, and if I go within and I take the path home all the way to God, there are many dimensions to it. And I exist in all of these dimensions all the way back. And, and so that's also part of the dimensionality, the multidimensionality that we can bring around the table. Mm -hmm. um, but that's, that's wild, right? Like that's really deep. We can, we can keep things more earthly, you know, and, 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 and we don't even, we don't have to, to go talk about God. We can talk about psychology, right? We can even talk about the way some of ours, uh, you know, in the last couple centuries, there's been a lot of development in, in the, I mean, in the way that we teach these days and understand and create common understanding of psychology, um, there's been this idea of archetypes and as some conscious and common and conscious from young. But the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm just making a parenthesis is that these things were not created, right? They were kind of named newly named with a new context in the last couple centuries. But the idea that there's this common place where we all meet through mysterious forces that we can name and interact with, that's not new, but the last couple of centuries, we've called it psychology and psychotherapy. And 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 Jung is one of the many pioneers who who really helped us bring a new language to our to our European mind. I don't know what to call it, like uh, <laughs> our Occidental mind. Um, because if we're going, hey, that. Oh, sorry, no, no, no. I, yeah, cool. I think that Jung was very a pioneer in bringing together psychology and spirituality or science and spirituality. So he definitely created that bridge and he's not the only one, but he was alive in the first half of the 20th century. And it was this like rising of materialistic science. And we had to find proofs for everything, uh, hard facts. And he took another path and it brought richness in the field of psychology for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it, some of the the language that came out from that thread is, you know, archetypes mm -hmm. and and, and uh, the common and conscious, the ego, the mm -hmm. the super ego, you know, and and for somebody who speaks that language, these are the 
fragments of cells that one could bring around the round table. So, right. The round table is your tool and you bring at the table the pieces of fragments of you that you've identified through your own language. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's interesting because those parts of us can be very abstract. Um, But when, when we bring the concept around table, we can give them a, face and a body and colors and costumes and give them um give 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 them life through characters uh and it help to it helps to grasp who they are for us what they represent for us how do they live into our own psyche and body yeah and doing i love what you just said doing the exercise of taking the time to to see them envision them what that does is it allows us to re- enter a relationship with it and to identify it as opposed to identify with it and and be it without realizing we're being it. The, a point of the round table too is being able to become the observer who is observing aspects of ourselves. So, so uh, to be super tangible this week, I've been, I'm at school and, and it's been kind of stressful, my relationship with some teachers and the request and all that jazz. And I'm observing my attachment to being a good student. I, I, I see this week the need to create a roundtable for myself and to, to de-identify with the good students, to really look at, well, who am I personifying when I'm doing this? Like, I I feel like it's a bit rigid. Like I'm going to, you know, it allows me to not be that and just to look at it and then to take a breather from that. And then, and, and and so I just wanted to to clarify that sense of definite, you know, the defining when I am being it or when I am looking at it and putting it around the round table allows me to look at it from a more neutral place. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the round table is not about deciding who's right and who's wrong around the table. It's about finding integration and finding what role each character plays and is is that role um the the best way of dealing with that situation now? Is the main character in the play <laughs> um the one that serves me most or is it is it re reenacting old way of being old programming for example you just named something that i'm just like yes that's exactly why i started using the round table is is who is driving my vehicle who is the main actor who is the director of my movie today of my life who is directing my movie today? And this week, it's been the good student who's frustrated, right? And well, it seems to make me miserable. So I need to observe what's going on, right? But, and and so to, to regain, quote unquote, control of the wheel, um, to put myself as the observer, the neutral observer of the wheel by creating a story where I, as a director, I'm going to observe who's been driving, and who should I, who would I want to be driving my higher self, 
my higher purpose? Why? You know, why am I in school? Well, my goal is to serve God. So I'm actually there to really align on a higher level. So let's have that being at the table too. So that the good student kind of gets an upgrade, a recalibration of mm-hmm. of of what it is to be a good student at that moment, right now, mm-hmm. while we're having this conversation at the roundtable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what came to mind as you were speaking is also whenever the one on the driving seat is not the one to be on the driving seat. What does this part of us need to be soothed? Mm. Because there's if if they're on the driving seat, is that there's a need for control. Um, Beautiful. And often, often, not always, but often it's going to be our inner child or different versions of our inner child that's reenacting old traumas or old strategies of survival. Um, so just taking the time. Um, the, the most basic roundtable we can create for ourselves is uh, this meeting be- between the inner child and the inner parent, right? Yeah. Uh, and we're gonna have we're gonna have episodes that are going to dive way deeper into some of those archetypes or um, fragments of identity. So we, we won't go in depth in each of them today but we're gonna mention a couple of them and see how they can interact so yeah the inner child and the inner parent uh is definitely um the the most basic round table we can create for ourselves yeah i um I'm thinking of like, you know, if there was an app of the round table and you go inside, okay, open the inner app of the inner round table. By default, the setup screen is inner child, inner parent. Now you can change the screen and the different characters who are going to show up, but by default, there's just these two are there. You can remove them if you want, but you can just start with that. <laughs> Completely. Completely. And and for me, when you say inner parent, I know it's, for example, that's a good example of where that's a language you've developed for yourself that's very strong for you. And that's your inner language, where for me, inner parent is not something I've used that much. I've used more like universal mother or universal father. And I tend to, even though I myself consider myself non-binary, I find it sometimes helpful to tap into a distinct, like this is mother energy and this is father energy, but on a universal level. Mm-hmm. And and more like because father masculine being more like the protective action doing where I suppose the uh, mother of the energy of the woman is more receptive, emotional, intuitive. And so I know that I have a tendency to be ma- masculine. And so it is always so important for me to have the mother, universal mother, feminine energy at the table, because I will have a tendency to not hear her naturally. And she needs to have a presence in my in my consciousness in that process mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and there's a beautiful link to do with um what we were saying about young psychology uh and the individual and the collective unconscious because you're talking about universal mo- universal mother um so in in the Jungian psychology Archetypes are universal forms and energies um, that um, travel or that um, are um, 
embodied or lived in a very ind individual way. But when we when we observe how it shows up in the experience experience of individuals, they all have common qualities. And in some myths around the world, um, across culture that weren't communicating with one another, we find those archetypes showing up in very, very similar ways. So there's this idea that they have their own existence um, in some higher dimensions, let's say, and that we can we can call upon them and embody them and nourish them so we we show up with their qualities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, you're making me think uh, in Asia, you know, a lot of their spiritual traditions, they have a lot of um, different religions that imply rituals that are specific to a deity or a god or goddess. And that ritual is very much often, not all the time, about like, you know, uh, the ritual is almost like a portal to tap into that energy, to receive some of the gifts of, of that goddess deity. But but in a way, it's like channeling. It's like <clears throat> the ritual is a bit of a dialing, you know, dialing up, uh, uh, turning the dial on the psychic radio and and tapping into the one that you want and and just anchoring that with clear intention on a on a deep level saying hey give me some of that uh good knowledge you have or is that you know whatever magic that being has healing or prosperity or whatever <clears throat> excuse me um yeah and that's what I was going to say, too, is like maybe at the round table, you you can call in some of these archetypes, you know, Vishnu, mm -hmm. Krishna, <laughs> Shiva, Kali. I need I need I need clearer boundaries and I'm having a hard time. Kali, come on over, you know, and help me chop some heads or some links that need not to be no more within mm -hmm. myself, too. You know, like <clears throat> this. Um, thoughts patterns within myself you know you can call him Cali for example to just chop off the head that's a little violent so maybe you know you're not into violence so maybe today you need something that's more soothing so maybe mm -hmm. maybe you bring Jesus at the table or Mary or <laughs> completely completely so you you were already listing a couple of them um so let's let's jazz a little bit and see like the variety of characters uh, are in themselves that we can have so we talked about the inner child um universal or inner mother inner father inner um, parent mm -hmm. um who are those other archetypes are part of us that can be alive within? Well, I'm going to be a little selfish for a moment. And I'm going to talk about the maps that you and I use a lot. Because I talked about Krishna, Vishnu. These these are not necessarily, these are like um, powerful, but not necessarily something that you and I talk about a lot. But there is a map that you and I talk a lot about and that empowers us and we want to share it. So I'm just going to go ahead and talk about that one, which is highly inspired from Jung and um the the lineages that came out from young uh but so we have soul beautiful soul right soul 
which comes out of oversoul, which an oversoul is like the higher self of the soul, closer to God, right? Mm-hmm. So there's God, there's different, different, different names for different uh, <laughs> anatomy of spirit at that time. But then I'm going to go down to the oversoul, which goes into the soul, uh, which goes into uh, then a more human experience where we're kind of split. So we have ego, inner child, uh, shadow. Mm-hmm. We have, for some people, the superego. I mean, all of us, we have the superego, but some of us really have to watch out more than others. Um, mm-hmm. When I was talking about my good student, there's a fragment of superego in there who's telling mm-hmm. me I better be better. I better be better, right? So I'm going to have to perhaps open my my good student folder, um, avatar archetype, and and see what it's made of. What are the deeper pixels? What are the deeper, what, you know, and that, what it's its own anatomy. And then maybe I'll need to have a round table around all of those folks. But so higher self, shadow, inner child, inner parent. What else um, do you The lower self comes up for me. Um, and, but sometimes it's like, Shadow and lower self could be very similar in some ways, but not necessarily in all the ways, um, which which brings me to say that the vocabulary we use um, offer us a way of being in communication about all of that. But ultimately, this is about the energy we feel inside and how we relate to them. So the vocabulary doesn't matter that much. And as you said, there is so many different models. I know that another model um, that uh, you've been exposed to is through Barbara Brennan School, um, which is kind of similar to what we use uh, because we both relate to it. I was Um, thinking about them. I was trying to not say them because I was trying to stick to my original plan. But then (laughs) thank you for bringing it up. Well, I mean, we always always get inspiration from someone else, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, so uh-huh. the, the, you're talking about the five main uh, defense mechanisms, the five different archetypes that are defense mechanism based from wounds that we've had at different ages in our life. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not saying them in case you wanted to say them, and I and I, I don't want to. Oh, you're definitely better placed uh, to talk about it as you took the training, right? Cool. So, yeah, I didn't want to take your your mic away, but uh, yeah, I love them. Um, <laughs> there's there's five main ones that Barbara Brennan uses and speaks about in her books, The Hands of Light, and her second book, also after that. Um, but they're really based from Jungian and Reich and other people's development, and um, this is how the five she chose and how she represented them. So, and there, the idea is that we come in as this beautiful, infinite light of spirit and we come into the world as a human. And then we experience life through our body and at different, at different times, at different moment of our life, at different times of our development, we might have a smooth life or we might have moments that something happens that creates a wound. And then depending on when that wound was created, depending on when in our personal development we were, we will create different types of mechanisms, of different mechanisms. So the earliest one is 
the schizoid. The schizoid has a tendency of being so scared, right? Imagine being a little baby, you have, you're completely dependent on somebody. And for some reason, you don't feel safe. Your soul is like, I am not fucking incarnating. I am not going down here. (laughs) I'm just going to keep a lot of myself out of his body. So the schizoid has a tendency of not being really grounded or maybe super intellectual, but not really like into the body or has an addictive tendencies or has fear just really, you know, not all here completely. But then, you know, maybe you arrived and it was super safe. It was really excellent. Life was good. And um, you started, you were breastfeeding and you're interacting with your mama or your close parent and then maybe your other close parent and, and you feel, you feel pretty safe and good. And, but for some reason, you, the parent is not necessarily always available. And so your needs are not always met. And so you get really confused because the needs can be met and it's amazing. And then sometimes they're not met and it's really confusing and, and, and difficult. And so you get all like, maybe I should ask for my needs like this or not like this, or I shouldn't ask for my needs. And you get really confused about how to take care of your needs. And that creates an oral wounding. And, and either, you know, there's many different ways that this can be expressed, but you can either always be confused about what your needs are, or you can be obsessed about making sure everybody's needs are taken care of. Like it's kind of a polarity, but um, maybe you were fed and it was all great, but uh, one of the parents was actually a little controlling. So you kept developing and you kind of took more agency into your life and more willpower to move forward or make your own decisions or or draw a fish or draw a, 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 a horsey. Um, but your parent was always like, eh, you should have put more green. It's a beautiful drawing, baby, but it's, it really is missing a bit of green. Um, yes, of course, uh, you need to poo, but you're going to have to poo at two o'clock. There's something about it that's just you you learn that your natural flow ain't gonna happen so there's this constant little frustration and when you express your emotions again it is not heard it is distorted and so you just learn to keep that stuff in and that creates a wound of the masochistic the masochistic that just keeps its kind of feel these emotions can be expressed and since it stays in there's this shame and there's just this kind of like bloated sense of energy that is not circulating and kind of is holding a bit of shame and anger and frustration but um, maybe your parents were doing an okay job and uh, you learn to express yourself. You learn when not to, but, you know, generally it feels you get a good grasp of that. And uh, you got good bonds with your parents and it's going great. But uh, all of a sudden, one of the two parents betrays. Maybe a parent cheats on the other one and leaves the family and you take it personal and you're like, whoa, betrayal, total betrayal. My heart was connected and I was really with you, but now I am unsafe in my heart and I shall never open my heart again. I shall always remain in control. And you become super alert, like a good knight who was fighting for his king, but the king really good. You could be overpowering with a lot of love. Oh yeah, I'm going to control the shit of the situation by caring for everybody. Um, um, and then the fifth one is the rigid. The rigid is, for some reason, soul has not much space in there. We're gotta be good. We gotta behave good, look good, have what's normal. Um, I'm accomplishing what I know people expect of me, and I'm doing a bang up job of it. Um, but don't ask me what I <clears throat> truly want in my deeper desires. And if I was truly satisfied in my relationship with my parent or like, I don't really know. I don't have access to that. But life is looking good. Um, obviously, sometimes uh, that can lead to 
a certain emptiness. But so thank you so much for your patience, everybody, in listening to my explanation to these five archetypes. But they've changed my life, really observing where I am each of these and observing like, whoa, I really need to sit down with my masochistic at the table right now because they are full of shame and we need to chat about this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And interestingly, as you were speaking, I had like all kind of um, images coming up for me. So as we said, it's interesting to give a character to to these, give them a face, give them um, a look um, and relate to them as as friends, because even even though they're not serving serving us all the time, um, usually if if some parts of us is not serving us, it's that there is a need for attention, a need for care, a need for self-love. And just genuinely ask, what do you need? What can I do to suit you? As I already said. So again, embody more of a mother energy. Uh-huh. And you said something that also made me think about how how do our body how is our body when we are in each of these you know when i was describing the oral and the and 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 the masochistic and all of these or when we talk about higher self or inner child like something happens in our body our micro movements in our field and and that gets translated into our our muscles and like micro adjustments happen so when I talk about the masochist I really feel it in my hips and my thighs and I feel like slowed down when I think about the psychopath my energy is ready to shoot and and like it impacts my mind my soul my it impacts how I feel at that moment Mm -hmm. and the reason why I say this is that I think it's also part of it to bring at the table is the the physical aspect of it and Mm -hmm. to use that as a lead to go deeper. Completely. And it it can go in both sense, right? Like the the entry point can be the body. I'm feeling this tension in my lungs. Um, What's what's hiding there? Who's hiding there? Uh, Because as it's a multidimensional process, uh, it can start in the 3D. Often the, the 3D triggers are our signals to take a deeper look at what is not working for us. Completely. I agree. I, uh, I And I think it often is for a lot of us, the first entry point is mm-hmm. noticing that something's going on with our body. Oh, my neck hurts. Oh, my, I just don't want to get up. I have no energy in my body today. Like, like, you know, it's often how we begin to see. And it's also what gives us access to go deeper. Like, but it takes curiosity. It takes intention, right? To, mm-hmm. like, there's that first layer of, oh, it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't like this emotion. Which generally we're like trained to shoo away, right? Oh, shoot. Let me, I'm busy. I'm, you know, I'm not going to take the time to feel this discomfort. Why would I deepen my experience of this discomfort? You want me to stop all distraction and put all my mind on that thing that is really achy or icky or ouchy or like everything about me says, you, wash, 
And you want me to go and look at that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's so important to to talk about it because it's probably like the the biggest signal we can get that there's something that needs to be looked at. Um, and we again we have a whole we're gonna have a whole episode about shadow and it's very much related to to shadow work. Um, but in that round table, it's very important to invite anyone who relates to the issue or the topic um, and in our shadow what do we hide there all the parts of us that we are ashamed of that we feel guilty about that um, we feel that are unlovable undeser undesirable <laughs> you've got me <laughs> um we gotcha uh-huh but what happens when we deny or repress those parts of ourselves they are still very alive and they are keep like going they're they're gonna keep knocking at the door until we actually open the door and say hi what can i do for you what do you need again this genuine curiosity benevolence of of creating harmony within ourselves. Yeah. I want to say that hopefully it keeps knocking and hopefully you eventually hear because I think it's possible that at some point it stops knocking and then it becomes a closed encapsulated fragment of you that eventually your soul is going to have to deal with, AKA reincarnate and suffer. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in my own experience, um, and I mean no no shame about it, because when we encapsulate those part of us, it's that they are very painful and we have no freaking idea how to deal with them. Can't so, find the resources. Uh, but when when I opened some door, it felt like what was hidden there was hidden hidden for so long that it just created like more pressure like like a pressure cooker and then you open the door and it's like the mess is just exponential <laughs> so so the capacity to be honest with ourselves and address those feelings and issues as they arise can be can be very helpful and make the work easier yeah and and i just want to say that in the context that if at this moment we, if we can try, yes, please, let's try. We actually have so many resources available to us inside and outside of us. But if we cannot right now, let it be shameless and guiltless. And the soul will bring it up when, like, it will actually create life context for you to have the resources to deal with it at this time when it will bring it up so it will bring it up and you'll be like what's going on i'm living all these experiences but you got to trust that on some higher level you're re-experiencing them because now you have the resources or at least you have the state of mind that can be open to receiving and asking for those resources um so so everything in good time is what i'm trying to say if you can deal with it, yay, we're giving you some tools right now. Please use them. And if you can't, you can't, and it's okay too. But, you know, I, I, I'm just going to give you a little trick. 
in the evening before I go to bed, I think about my morning self and I do a bunch of tasks for that person, my future self, so that I can have an easier morning. So you can, you know, deal with some stuff that are difficult in this life so that maybe your future lives can have less to deal with or deal with stuff you were not able to deal with in other lives or yesterday. Mm -hmm. And as you said, like, we're talking a lot about what what's like wounded or traumatized, but we have a whole bunch of resources. And one of the archetypes are the wise men are the wise woman. And we have access to that wisdom inside of us. And they are welcome around the table to, to give tips and resources and supports, right? Oh, my God, yes, like you're totally like, like we said early on in this conversation, this roundtable can be, you know, touching so many different fragments of us. And since we are infinite, there's so many we can add in there. But like you said, like, we can bring in parts of our ancestors and ancestors in itself is a huge word that we could try and define at some point. But I, I, there's this movie that some people are starting to talk about a lot. It's called Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Have you mm. been able to see it? Mm -mm. I highly suggest it. I'm going to oh. steal a punch, but there's it's just a beautiful movie. I don't think I'm going to steal that much. Within it we come across the idea that we could tap into at any time the knowledge or experience of aspects of us in other lives. So, oh, I'm, you know, doing a test and I'm not sure of all the answers, but I can connect to a part of me in another life who knew that information, who was an expert in that world and then download the information. Mm -hmm. And so, like you said, around the roundtable, it is not just about wounds, but we could have a roundtable with aspects of us in other lives that have the expertise that we need in this moment when we're working on a specific project or aspect of ourselves. Like it can be the project of forgiving father, you know, mm -hmm. uh, it, it can be anything. It can be the project of learning graphic design. Like it can be anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Completely. Oh, this is rich. There's so many, so many aspects of that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we've talked about so much of it and we don't want this to be too long. So should we try and be like super practical? Like how would one work for themselves at the round table without doing a workshop or anything just based from this podcast some of us are very intuitive and can already have an idea maybe they started whipping out their pen and paper but maybe some people need a bit more instructions and i'm wondering if we can whip up we didn't plan for this if we can whip up a, a three step to creating your round table mm -hmm. um i don't know if i if i i'm gonna have linear steps But the first tip that comes to me is curiosity, genuine curiosity um, of really, really wanting to have real stuff coming up and be, be okay with whatever comes up. Um, who are you? What do you need? And then... And then who, who also can I bring around the table to to give support um and let like trust trust that you're 
intuition is going to give you the right answers. So maybe tip number two would be trust your intuition. Uh-huh. And two point B, um, do what you need to do for a couple minutes to align with your deeper intuition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then it's all about it's it's an inner conversation, right? So And you are, you are, as you said at the beginning, I am the observer. I am the, the neutral presence that uh, is witnessing the process. I'm not the ego that is judging, even though the ego has its place in the round table, right? Uh, because it plays its role in our lives and and it's useful in so many aspects of our lives. So, and sometimes it it wants to be over-controlling. So those, those dynamics um, can be addressed in a round table. But the, the mediator is the neutral observer. Yeah, yeah. And like, sometimes I get fancy And in my round table space, I have a, I don't know how else to put it. It's like a hologram. It's like an aspect of me who is the host in that space, mm -hmm. who is as neutral as the observer, but neutrally proactive in making sure all that's needed is there, that everyone is there, that uh, maybe somebody who hasn't spoken in a while speaks. Like, <laughs> it's, you know, it's an imaginative place where we can truly create uh, different aspects of us to care for the situation. But so for me, and I think for you too, I know it's very easy to go within and visualize, but sometimes I'm not there yet. And I do take a pen and paper and I draw a circle and I write, I make little circles for each individual that I want around the table. And I write, who is this person? Who is this being, this entity, this fragment? And sometimes next to it, I'll write key emotions or words or, or information that I have about this person. Type well, thighs, um, angry or uplifting whatever what were you gonna say I just said qualities right yeah mm -hmm. qualities about that fragment of myself so sometimes I do write it down and sometimes I write it down to begin with and then it evolves within me but I don't update my paper like all mm -hmm. the ways that you know worked for you are, are really awesome and sometimes I need to start on paper and I don't finish on paper I know some people who would need to write down everything Mm -hmm. Some people are like that and that's a okay. They want to revisit it and use it for two weeks. Me, mm -hmm. I'm very spontaneous. I'm like, no, I did it when I did it. And, and I trust the stuff is going to keep percolating. But so trust your way. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, we all have our own way. And yeah, as you were speaking, I was also thinking like, if you feel the need, you can set up a time and space where you're going to have your own ritual and you're going to be able to ideate and relate with those different parts of, of yourself, maybe through journaling or drawing. Um, and maybe this is an ongoing process that's happening in the background of your psyche while you're taking the metro, um, the subway, the metro. Bus, metro. yeah, metro bus. <laughs> Public transport, driving uh -huh. around. During your lunchtime, while you're walking your dog. So 
listening to your podcast. It's <laughs> it's 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 all about what works for you and you are the one who knows what worked for you. Yeah. So we're giving some tips but there's no right way to do it. It's just like it's it's first and foremost setting an intention. Yeah. Exactly. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, what a beautiful place to pause, I think, until our next conversation. Mm -hmm. I was thinking the exact same thing. So it, feels like, it feels like we're complete. Mm -hmm. Of course, if you have any questions about this or if you have your own ideas about how to create a roundtable for yourself, I, I am always curious about people's unique way of being and i would love to hear about it and i would love for others if if you find us on any of our uh, pl uh platforms and if on that platform there is a place for you to leave a comment please please share with us uh it'd be really really awesome to hear about your take on this yeah and i feel like i feel we gave some good tips but we were a little bit all over the place maybe because it was a like very wide topic so if there's any questions or like gray zone um for you please reach out and ask questions as well yeah mm, mucho amor okay see you for the next conversation then bye guys Hey, wasn't that interesting? What did you think? We certainly hope that something opened up for you and that you know and love yourself even more. We surely want to witness your insights and transformation. So please share with us what you got out of it. You'll find our social media links in the description. Stay tuned for the next Alchemical Conversation. Take care, beautiful star being.